Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. All right, five, Bill Bartholomew. Um, yes. What is or was your favorite Rhode Island record store? Kind of a generic answer, but I would say there, there's a few. One would be Newberry Comics in, in Warwick, you know, for, mm-hmm. for me. It's, it's obviously not really a Rhode Island record store, but it played such a pivotal role in my life at a certain point in time. You know, we would go up, when I'd get dropped off there when I was in like seventh grade. But even when I was in high school, I can remember my bandmate and I, it was our place to go. And remember, we're, we were coming from the, the woods and, you know, one of the, I think one of the parents of one of my bandmates one time, we were, we were leaving, pulling out of his, he, I picked him up or something and he's like, where are you going? We're like, oh, we're going to uh, Newberry Comics in Warwick. The guy yells back, he goes, why are you guys making all these trips up to the city? You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's there. So, so Newberry, like the smell of incense and like, yeah, you know, yeah, the, the whole thing mattered a lot to me. But also, honestly, Sound Waves, which was a great record store in Narragansett, I would ride my oh, okay. bike there. I, it's long since closed, but I would ride my bike there, you know, a, a good distance, a great, great deal of miles, uh, certainly 15, 20 miles each way, uh, to go and buy. Uh, pre-internet basically and i'd pre-order like faith no more yeah uh, live vhs's or some something of that sort where you, you couldn't and so i had a special relationship with that store and then to an extent as well wakefield music which very limited music uh, to listen to but that's really a place where i would go and spend a lot of time and and look at guitars just be mm-hmm. intrigued, intrigued by gear which i'm not like the gearhead guy but uh, it helped at an early age to understand yeah, what a Fender Passport was versus a real PA system, and a Martin versus a junky guitar, and yeah, you can get you can get away with like kind of crappy drums, but you better make sure you have good cymbals. All those things were yeah. a, a, a factor. So I'd say the three of those those three places. Cool. Yes, you're right. You can get away with crappy drums, but you need to have good cymbals. So. Yeah, <laughs> spoken from a true pro right there. Uh, but good drums also help, and they, they don't make no. them. They don't make them like they used to. As I want to sound like the oldest man ever, but they yeah, don't make right. them like they used to. So that's definitely true for all <laughs> music instruments. People, I, I worked at Guitar Center briefly when I was in Brooklyn. I only lasted three months. I couldn't sell people the uh, the, the junk there. But oh yeah, there's like a whole mid section of music instruments. I see it now in broadcast equipment too, where it's like, well, you know, if you spend five hundred dollars, you can get this like um, this thing or eight five. It's like five hundred to a thousand dollars zone. It's like the danger zone. It's like, no, just just go buy something used that's good, please. Don't yeah, still yeah, buy yeah. this new junk, you know, Amazon style <laughs> garbage stuff. Like just please just go buy something used for the same price from like 1996 or earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um what is your favorite drink that's tied to Rhode Island? Well, you know, uh it's interesting because I've been a nice coffee guy for that's how I love iced coffee. And it's, it's mm-hmm. funny. Other people still make fun of me for that. Like even some Rhode Islanders, but certainly it, it's become a hipster thing. And so in Brooklyn, you see people, you know, nothing worse than seeing someone swinging keys with one hand on a lanyard and chewing on and shaking an iced coffee with the other hand. So it's, <laughs> it's not really Rhode Island. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But 
but uh, I guess specifically Rhode Island Dells, you know, I, I love Dells, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, well, what, what's next? You like the poor socks and the big blue bug too, guy, you know, but yeah, yeah Dells. Yeah, is, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, I do. Um, yeah, Dells is great. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I, I get a kick out of people taking the straw or sometimes the spoon out. And um, I don't know, I don't know what it is about it, but it's just always been a treat for me. And, there was one next to where I would get my hair cut. And I can remember my mom, like when I was a little kid, she'd be like, all right, just get your hair cut and mm-hmm. get Dell's. And it's like, yeah, we'll make, we'll make sure it's a large. So there's enough lemon chunks in there. You're spitting, yeah. Yeah. Spitting my sister's <laughs> getting her hair cut. I'm spitting lemon chunks all over the parking lot in Wakefield. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Dell's. Yeah. Cool. Well, what are your uh, coffee shops then? If you're an iced coffee guy, you know, like any, uh, like, Bolts, what? New Harvest, any of that stuff like that? Uh, well, New New Harvest, I'm a big New Harvest fan, but I do uh, buy their beans and have and ground have them ground, and then I prepare them. I have my own iced coffee style that I've kind of I'm I'm really into, and and it's 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 interesting because I never did that before. I never made coffee ever, and then I started to think like, well, can I develop my own version of it where I get the ratio of water and ice and this and that? Yeah, um, you know, it kind of also reminds me I used to roll spliffs up a lot. You know, it was it was a pretty big pothead at one point. So I, you know, the process of making my own iced coffee is actually taking the place of that, uh, where, you know, you're prepping it and you've got the making it from start to finish. Yeah. Um, kind of throws me back to that, the process there, but, uh, locally I'd say empire in Newport is my favorite. Certainly white electric in Providence is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, Bolt is good. There's, I have yet to have, I've, I've had, I have had a bad cup of iced coffee recently, but it's from a place I should have known better than to, uh, than to get it from. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it up to the <laughs> listeners to imagine, but let's just say there's, um, there's one every like 10 or 15 minutes from just about everybody's house in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard of that place yeah. possibly. Um, but yeah. Shout out to the local shops, though. Yeah, local, oh, there, local coffee all day. Doing it, yeah. You know, um, what is your favorite place in Rhode Island? Like, a, where do you like to hang out? You know, certain park, neighborhood, city, town, beach. You know, what's your location? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of of those. I, I love Newport. I still do. Um, mm-hmm. People misunderstand it. They think like, oh, just like you're. Like your Bartholomew, you must own like a, a mansion and a yacht. Or something. <laughs> going to New, Newport, do you wear like a, you know, do you change like Mister Rogers, like change into uh, you know that that kind of look or something like that when you get there? And it's like no, no, Newport still has a grunginess to it. I love it. I love going mm-hmm. down there. I'm there all the time and just walking around there. Um, Providence, the 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 area around the Armory or here in Elmwood where I am right now, I love very much. I think it's beautiful and, and spectacular, but more than anything, the woods, you know, I love going to the Carter preserve in Charlestown mm-hmm. it reminds me of the terrain of my old, uh, where I grew up. Um, the black point rocks for lack of a better term in Narragansett. Um, I was married there. I am deeply connected to that area. So just rural Rhode Island as a whole is really, I'd say my favorite thing Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, I, I, the state's so small and I love driving, you know, I, I genuinely love driving. It's where I get a lot of listening done and thinking done. So for me, uh, I'll go from point A to point B to point C to point D in a day, not think twice about it. And, mm-hmm. and just the whole terrain of Rhode Island allows that. It's a really special thing. Yeah. It's an incredible amount of diversity and, um, and, but just connection, you know? So like for me, my yeah. day job working at 
uh, Blackstone Valley tourism, like you can have this like, you know, Northern New England feel when you're in Burville and like hiking Buck Hill and then drive a half hour and be in a, you know, in, in a city in like this dense urban area and drive a little bit farther and you're on the beautiful Sandy beach. And it's just like incredible what you can do. And, uh, in a matter of a couple of hours and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's still a place to, uh, I've, I've found to still discover, even though I've been here for decades, like just, uh, that I guess was one silver lining benefit of COVID of just not really being able to leave the state, but having some young kids that I wanted to just get out of the house and, and explore. We just drove around and we found some like really cool spots, just taking back roads around the state. And there's a lot of wonderful things to discover. So yeah, even um, Blanc Island, you know, and I'm the yeah. same way. We just went out and explored um, out on the Moosep river Valley over the last couple of months. And, going out to block Island is something there's a great music opportunity. We, we, I've played a lot of music out there, but I've never really mm-hmm. like explored it. Yeah. And uh, it, it's endless. Rhode Island is, is extremely, and, and we have to be very careful of our housing market, not getting out of control yeah. and then not compensating for that by clear cutting the wilderness areas. There's, there's, it's a real delicate balance right now that we've got to figure out because frankly, if we don't, at some point we're going to have major problems if we don't have them already, but yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't really get enough. I'm, I'm always amazed. Like you go to Pataki, like I was off Armistice Boulevard the other day and I was like, where am I? What, what is, <laughs> what is the name of Dyer, Dyer? What does it call it? There's like a Darlington. I can't remember what well, it's Darlington. Called. Yeah. Yeah. Darlington. That's, yeah, that's like, the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 I was like, this is fascinating. I've never been here before. I've lived, lived collectively in this state for 20 something years and never even thought about Darlington, Rhode Island. And here I am at a, yeah in a parking lot in Darlington. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Darlington. You know? Yeah, exactly. Sounds like a yeah. Sophion Stevens record. You know? yeah, yeah. Welcome to, the, yeah, exactly. The, the, the Rhode Island one. Oh, Darlington falls <laughs> and the windows of the mills. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hit single. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, what is your favorite Rhode Island pizza? Ooh, tough one because during the pandemic, I'd been vegetarian for 20 something years, you know, mm-hmm. um, probably partially from growing up in the woods that there were like pigs at the farm down the street. There were like my buddies and stuff like that. I was like yeah. horrified by eating them, but I went vegan gluten free during the pandemic. So pre, I have to answer this question in two parts, pre gluten free, vegan all day, all night, Fellini right there, you know, especially after a show, I'll go get a yeah. veggie, veggie pie and just like just pound you know, like <laughs> hands covered in the dust. You're driving yeah. around like vans got re- residue of Fellini boxes in the back, you know, for, for forever. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite for sure. I probably would still be now. Um, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding a really good, uh, vegan gluten-free pizza. Uh, plant City's Okay. The gluten-free crust is not doable though. I can't do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't taste good. It tastes like cardboard place is amazing plant city, but they, they got to figure that out. So, I'm in a tough spot with pizza right now. I, I want to um, try going back to eating like regular pizza this summer and see what happens. Will I react badly? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably react just fine. But um, yeah, so if, if it was after a show, like after this dust show and it was like time and someone like brought in like, sir, a slice of Fellini. You know, I was like, I, I said, yes, yes, thank you. yes, I'll, I will. Might get a little of the extra cheese off, you know, 
thrown yeah. onto the train tracks, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Cool. Yeah, this has got some tasty stuff over there. So, um, oh, definitely. And I yeah. definitely always lean towards the yeah the thinner crust stuff. So um, that's that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, a lot of people say Caserta, and no disrespect, because I know there's like a it's a very important place and I, I, I respect its legacy. I, I, I felt sick after that. You know, I felt like it was too much grease, the big deep dish type stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of those types of places that are hard to go and eat at after you've like worked your way out of eating greasy food. I bet, you know, so my stomach wasn't ready for it. So oh probably, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I'm sure it's amazing if you're like prepared for it, but yeah, I'd, I'd vegetarian for a long time and, and going back to eating meat, there's a, transition for it i guess you know so oh, uh, the same sure. kind of <laughs> well <laughs> i was like what the hell is this you know so <laughs> i was at new york system the, the onlyville place with greg and, and the owner and we were doing like a taping over there and, and uh oh, yeah sat down and they're like so what are you gonna have you're gonna have 17 all the way or whatever it is and i was like oh i don't eat meat i can't do it And they're like hold on we'll get you and he like whistles the guy made just took buns and lo- loaded it up with condiments and just i was so i'm just eating bread loaded up with condiments <laughs> As other and my friend Dante Bellini, who I was taping this, we we're taping a podcast on on, yeah. on them with. He looked at me. He goes like in a dead serious voice. He was like, "Don't eat that. Don't do not eat it. Don't feel pressured. You don't do it." <laughs> I have never been as sick as I was as I left that place. No, no fault of their own, but it's like even just the environment being close to meat. Yeah. And loaded up with condiments. It was like just the, the, this combination, my body can't handle this right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have listened. Exactly. Listen to your hey. friends, Bill. Jeez. That's right. <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah. And uh, last one. What is your favorite event that has taken place in the state or takes place in the state? And it can be yeah. musically, it can just be anything that, uh, you know, happens here. Again, kind of two two versions of it. I'd say, on the one hand, some June, late June day in twelve hundred and fifty three, the Nahagansett tribe in, moving to their summer residence. You know, just hanging out, you know, doing their thing, super peaceful. The deer, everything, just just pick that day. Some day back then, that sounds yeah. ideal. But um, as far as like in a commercial sense, I love the Newport Folk Festival. I know there's a lot of people who have. Uh, thoughts on it that, oh, it, it, it encapsulates only a very specific genre or it appeals to a crowd that's sort of outside of Rhode Island now or whatever it is. But to me, I, I love that event. I'm mm-hmm. glad it's happening in some capacity this year. I recognize the risks. I think they're handling it really well. Um, and I think, the but also the jazz festival. I mean, frankly, mm-hmm. the jazz festival can sometimes be more invigorating as a non-jazz musician. Just from a drumming perspective, you're like, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Like it's like watching a, like a slam dunk contest in the NBA. You know, you know, okay, Nate Smith is here, and he's d- d- just did that in front of me, and you know, makes make makes the best drummer in Rhode Island, you know, look like the little drummer boy performer in your your preschool. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's it's the jazz and folk festivals are my favorite events. I think that um, the key there for a lot, and again, I think most people love the thing. But the the naysayers, I think there's a lot of jealousy. I think there's a lot of bands that want to play that that uh, that haven't been given the opportunity, mm-hmm. and that is most often who I hear knocking the event or making comments about it or you know pushing back on me when I announced 
oh, tickets are available for the event in like a news capacity. N- tickets go on sale tomorrow for the Newport folks. Somebody DMs me like, oh, you know, that you're, you're just a stooge for this like corporate event. And I'm like, yeah, but if you got asked to play there, yeah, you're going to yeah. tell me right now you would not play that. You stage, want it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me a break. So yeah. we have a major level stage here that attracts people from around the world. Yeah. Great artists. Uh, so that's my favorite event. Yeah. Cool. What a, I, just to shout it out, I know that you've booked some series at your loft there in Providence. Can you want to just talk a little bit about that while yeah. kind of on the topic? And Elmwood Songwriters Club is sort of a continuation of that open mic theme that I discovered in Brooklyn, which mm-hmm. is, you know, um, with Elmwood, what we did was, and we will do when it resumes this fall, is I have this 3,000 square foot loft here in, in Elmwood. We, um, it's our home, my studio, et cetera. We've got a couple of roommates here. And we set up a stage, pick, I uh, book six people, put their names into a cauldron that I found. My, <laughs> my parents were selling their house. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, draw the name out of the hat one at a time. And each person performs two songs. It forces yeah. everyone to stay for the whole time. And it retains as the audience's attention because you're only getting 10 or 12 total songs. And the rest of it's a hang. It's a, So I found it to be really effective and it creates a lot of dialogue around the songs and interaction between the performers and the audience. I think that it's it, it's really a special event in, in, in the sense that um, the music really only lasts for 45 to 60 minutes, but it ends up being like a three-hour affair. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm very excited to bring that back this fall. And I think that, uh, I, I think Rhode Island you know, list, there's one thing to have a listening room, but it's also important to keep it moving. I mean, let's be mm-hmm. honest, you know, you, you could give me, you could tell me Neil Young is going to perform down the street tonight in a, in a loft. And if it goes past 60 minutes, I don't know if I'm into it as much anymore. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. just our attention spans. Yeah. So the whole two song thing, it also bre- harkens back to that competition in Brooklyn. People I okay. were at my wedding, people that are my best friends, people I care about and love, but each week you're pushing, you know, mm-hmm. or each month, oh, you're you're doing that song. Well, here's mine. Okay, well, next time I better I better start thinking about how can I be more authentic or, or or create something more interesting. And so it creates that dialogue, that healthy competition mm-hmm. that um there's no winners or losers, but it's just within the performers, you think, okay, let's 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 try to be the best we can be because I know that like, you know, whoever, you know, Dylan Harley and, and Chris Knott and Michael James and Randy Robbins and Gabriella Hasse and Muggs Fogarty and, you know, Charlie Marie are all performing next month. So I better make sure that I don't suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does <laughs> seem like it's, it's not like, well, I'm just going to play this bar and, you know, if I mess up something, most likely people weren't, intently listening you know but people are going to be uh as as you know guests of the show like listening to it and then yeah you're just the people that you're booking are uh, of a of a certain standard kind of even going back to like the other segment of like what's um what's happening at at the columbus theater like you know the shows that you book at, for the elmwood uh songwriters you know like it's like there's a certain level so you need to kind of bring your a game and and i think that that stuff is important you know i've talked to people like what's happening in the in the rhode island rap scene now yep. is is incredible with what you know joe bruce and oh, you know, yeah. toadstool and 
Uh, and obviously what Chachi has been doing for a long time. I mean, John Hope is John Hope's and, out of and, control and, and, yeah. and flawless Amazing. and stuff. I yep. mean, but all of those guys, I mean, I, I love and have so much respect for them because they're still, you know, repping Rhode Island, but they're, and they're bringing people along. Um, but they're just making other people get to that level. And they're not just trying to squash everyone and be like, well, I'm, I'm the only, I'm the best rapper from here. They're like, we're all good. Let's just, do right. do good shit you know like yes. we're all good songwriters playing right now just get get here let's let's do this stuff and and it's just really exhilarating as someone that you know is watching this as just a music listener a music lover um and i mean it's also just good as a as a performer you know i just like need to kind of push and 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 try to be the best that i can be um so i think it's yeah. incredible what you're doing I appreciate it. Yeah. And I, I agree that there's, there's no reason why, you know, people hear competition and they think, Oh God, you know, think American idol or something like that. And it's like, no, I think, you know, the best, the, the things are the best when there is a degree of expectation. Look, I also, and this may come back and may not, but I hosted an open mic in Newport at the parlor every Wednesday night with Dave Flamond. He and I called it, called it two hundo because they address 200 Broadway. So uh-huh. we would, you know, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Come on down. You know, you can do whatever you want. I, you know, if you want to try stand up, if you want to try this, you want to do that. Uh, that stage is open to you. We'll see you there. You got, you can be on a big stage. There's lights. Go, go to town. Doesn't matter if you've just started, if you literally borrowed a ukulele on the way to the open mic, <laughs> never touched it before, yeah. or if you're scheduled to play Madison Square Garden the next night. Uh, and there is that. That's great. I love that. And I would never be able to be who I am without that. But it's good to also have. People would say, oh, it's gatekeeping. It's not gatekeeping. It's programming. Oh, and it's giving yeah. people, you want to be able to present things at different levels. And so you can graduate uh, and move forward. Mm-hmm. And so the promoter part of me, I have in the past gone out of my way to like book my friends or do this or like whatever, like make it easy. Like, oh yeah, these are my buddies. Now it's like, who, who on the bill is going to make everybody else on the bill step up? Because they know that, oh, this is... X persons on this bill. So yeah, that, that next level, it's not too hundo. It's not the open mic. It's not yep. some bar. It's not poor yeah. judgment in Newport. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a five band lineup and you're playing at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that this is something yeah. else. So, yeah. and, and it's okay. Like it's okay to, to, un- to acknowledge that there are levels and layers to all this stuff. And, and I don't think this should be torn down. I think it's a good thing. And I want to go to the next level. I'm sure you do as well. And we always do. Mm-hmm. We want to be bet the best version of yourself. It's not about, yeah. that doesn't mean that the guy or, or woman or person next to you can't join you there. Mm-hmm. And the hip hop scene's done a great job of showing that much, much better than the, the indie rock scene where there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of camaraderie, but it's, and there, there are bands. I mean, Dare Tick obviously uplifts a lot of bands and, and certainly mm-hmm. others but it's not the same as in the hip hop scene where you really yeah. feel it and you see it with, with strange famous with what yeah. Satan and B Dolan have done now, Jesse going in there, Jesse, the tree it's yeah, that's where, that's where the indie slash folk, not indie folk, but the indie slash folk slash alternative community could do a lot better is uplifting uh, that sort of rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Bill. Um, it's cool to talk Rhode Island with you. You're such a, you know, wealth of knowledge of this stuff. So it's cool to get a little <laughs> bit of a, you know, behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, man, 
thank yeah, you. That, that was a blast. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. Butterfly. All I want to be is a yellow butterfly